Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So I want to get into the Word tonight, and I was inspired uh, by Pastor Larry Stockstill. I, I, get a, I get an email from him every week, and he gives certain points, and he'll have a scripture reference at times, and other times it's just points with various scripture references. This one, the email I got this week from Pastor Larry Stockstill, he's a veteran pastor from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and his dad founded Bethany World Prayer Center, and then he pastored there, I don't remember how many years, maybe 30 as full-time pastor, and then he handed it over to his one of his sons. He's also the, dad, the father of Pastor Joel Stockstill. So he brought up this verse in light of everything that's been going on in the United States. Okay, so I just want to remind you, and I may say it a couple of times tonight, you got to remember that the news is not God's word, okay? Neither is social media. I got to remind people of that because we as humans, here's how we are. I talked about this in my boundaries message on Sunday. We as humans, God gave us the privilege of living in this world, but also living within ourselves, right? We have our own soul, Okay. You have your own mind, will, and emotions. My grandma used to say, my grandma Senna used to say, she picked up a saying from her dad. In, in Spanish, it was, it was translated as every head or mind is its own world. Cada cabeza es un mundo. Okay? So it's true. You meet people and there's different thinking. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But in realizing that all of our minds are our own. God gave them to us. We have the mind of Christ by faith, and we're renewing our minds through Scripture, prayer, and the Word. But at the same time, in living in your own mind, right, in this world, you got to be careful that your worldview is not completely formed just by outside sources that are not of God, okay? you gotta, you got to know current events at times and stuff like that, but be led. If it starts to bother you, stop it. I've learned in my life, this is just me, maybe not you, if I'm not careful, man, I'll watch too much of some certain types of news or watching headlines, I start to get frustrated and angry. And that's just me and my flesh. I don't know if I want to go fix it. I don't know what it is. But at the same time, I have to realize, hey, there's going to be outside sources. That's just life, right? Scripture says there are many voices in the wind, and many of them have significance. Mm -hmm. They have some, some level of import or importance. But at the same time, you have to remember, you always got to go back to the Word. You ever seen a believer who gets away from the Word? It's weird. Right? Be why? Because they've gotten away from home base. It's like someone playing a sport who is out of their position. You guys see me right here. You, those see me on camera. You can tell by looking at me, I'm not the biggest guy you've ever seen. I love basketball, but on a regular team where there's actually people over six foot, you know right away that I'm, I'm either going to be the shooting guard or the point guard, right? If, if I even get to play. I'm peeking out at 5'10". I've got to know my position. And it's interesting, over the years I've seen people play positions that they were not used to. I remember playing games where back in the day, we, in the church league, there were guys, <laughs> Jorge and Barry are going to remember, there were guys with amazing height and jumping ability, and they wanted to be point guards, why, man? Go down low and dominate where you belong. Go be great where you belong. 
That's like me going, well, I'm going to go down low, and I'm going to just take over. Huh? I used to be able to jump higher than I can now, but i got to remember my position. So don't let the world affect you to the point that it nudges you out of your position, okay? All right? With God, with other people, with your worldview, make sure you always take it back to the Word. And tonight, that is what... That is exactly what we're going to do. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. I'm reading to you for the first time, I believe, in years. And now it's part of our program. The English Standard Version. I love the English Standard Version. I believe it's the best of both worlds. I believe it's the best of King James, New King James Version, and New Living even. But it's more of an eloquent style. Okay, So it's really well written and it's clear. Let's read through this text tonight. 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 8 in the English Standard Version. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. That's an interesting translation, isn't it? We'll get back to that. Sympathy, brotherly love. You could substitute in there and say sisterly love. Brotherly love means love folks for real. Love them like they are part of your family, right? We're all part of the body of Christ. A tender heart and a humble mind. Verse 9, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Don't change that yet. Reviling is angry criticism. Angrily criticizing someone. And hey, we, we've all been there, whether with our mouths or in our minds. We've all done it. And I, I have a big mouth, so I think I have a, angrily criticized many times probably. Man, I hate how that's going down, and this, this, that, and the other. I'm not necessarily talking about the current state of affairs, but I mean in life in general. we got to be careful with our mouths. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling, angry criticism for angry, angry criticism. It's saying if someone is angrily criticizing you, don't turn around and angrily criticize them. But on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called. You were called to speak a blessing. Did you know that? That you may obtain a blessing. Verse 10, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him or her, let them keep their tongue from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Oh, this covers it all. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. That's beautiful. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That's you. That's me. You've accepted Jesus. You are now, by faith, you are righteous. That means you are right with God. And his ears, the ears of the Lord, are open to their prayer, to your prayer, to my prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what? Evil. If you're doing evil, God is against you. It's interesting because people, we, we preach God is love because he is love. But if he is love and if, if he's the righteous judge and if he's perfect, then he's on your side when you're on his side. Is that simple enough? I remember when Joshua, before he led the people of Israel into the promised land, someone appeared to him. Many believe, many theologians believe that it was Jesus. And it's what, what we call a um, theophany in the Old Testament, a revealing of God. God in the flesh before he was actually born through the Virgin Mary. So it was God in the flesh. We don't know if he looked just like Jesus. God can come in any form he wants. But we know that it, God appeared in the Old Testament many times to Abraham. Well, many believe that that was Jesus that, that Joshua was talking to. 
And he was speaking to Joshua, and Joshua said, well, are, are you friend or foe? And he said, I'm captain of, of the host of the Lord's I'm captain of the Lord's armies. So basically, am I against you or for you? Are you with me and with us, basically? So make sure you're on the side of the Lord, okay? In your speech, and your actions, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. So he's paying close attention, watching and listening to you. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I'm going to say this tonight. I'm not going to dwell on this real hardcore, this part, but I'm going to repeat what I said on Sunday. And I heard somebody wise say this, so I completely stole it and made it mine. And that is, be careful when seeking justice apart from the cross. If you're not seeking justice in, in God and through God, be careful because that can turn into vengeance. Revenge, okay? So God's going to bring justice. Pray for justice. That's very scriptural. Justice is that the courts are going to do right, that, that, um, that God's truth will be served, that evil will be brought to justice, that evil will be dealt with. That's justice. Also, the other side of justice is that the right folks will be treated correctly. Okay, those that are in the right, okay? And I believe God is bringing justice. But don't, don't forget this, all right? So let's get back. Let's get back to verse 8. And I'm going to talk to you about that tonight for a little while. Let's read that again. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. If you don't mind, I'm going to... If you don't mind, I'm going to pray again. Let's agree right now in Jesus' name. I just believe this is so important for us. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you that it's falling on good ground. We trust you. We believe you. We honor you, God. We don't just say it, but we do it. Jesus, you said, if you love me, obey my commandments. You also said, a new command I give you, that you love one another. Now, God, give us wisdom. Show us how to, to love one another, Lord. It's not always easy because we're human. We see fault. We struggle in ourselves at times, but Lord, we know that you are love and you've given us love. So we are rooted and grounded in love. We are now baptized in love by faith, Lord. You've given us all the love we need, just like we have the faith that we need. So in faith, we're going to walk in love and forgive, treat people right, and we give you glory. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Apostle Peter here, you got to remember, this is the guy that hung out with Jesus. And I find this to be a fascinating text because you know the story of the Apostle Peter. Talk to me about the Apostle Peter. Anything you remember about him. Does anybody remember? What was the Apostle Peter like? Talk to me. You have a personality profile of him. There's enough written of him in the Bible that we can make some decisions about what his character was like. Anybody? Apostle Peter. Passionate. So he was an emotional guy. He was emotional. He was strong-natured. He was passionate. What else? What's that? A warrior? Yeah. He, he got a sword, and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Malchus? He, now, that's interesting to me. How do you cut someone's ear off? You ever thought of that? He was trying to do a death blow. I don't know if he didn't know how to control a sword, but he was swinging it at the guy's head. This is right before Jesus was crucified. So you know Peter was being very passionate. He was a little off that night. He knew something was brewing. He already told Jesus, I'll never deny you. So he's already, like the guy said in a movie, his emotions were out to here. 
So he swings a sword at the high priest's servant, cuts his ear off. I don't know. My dad always said he, he was probably swinging it like this to cut the guy's head off. And the, the guy ducked, and it took his ear off. I don't know. I don't know if he went like this, but the guy was trying to hurt somebody. Okay, so he was passionate. He was a warrior. What else? How about this? He was outspoken. He said what he thought, and sometimes it worked out great. You guys remember that time? This is the guy who wrote this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter. One time Jesus said, well, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the son of the Most High God. Can you imagine? And Jesus said, blessed are you, man. God revealed this to you. And he thought, wow, you know, that's great. And then pretty soon he was correcting Jesus not long after that. He said, Lord, you can't go and go, go die. You can't. And then Jesus rebuked him. He said, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine? So the guy was so outspoken, he got into, he got into wonderful situations. And just like that, he was in a bad situation because of his mouth. He's outspoken and passionate. What else? What else? Scripture says that at one point when he met Jesus, he said, Lord, get away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. If you think about that, that's really pretty powerful that he even said that because Peter knew where he stood. He was introspective. He came in contact with Jesus. Jesus did a miracle with the fish, and they, they, they pulled up a great catch, and, and Peter said, Lord, please, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. So he, he knew what was in it. He knew what he struggled with. That's pretty powerful. How about this? He... Um, we already talked about how he got in trouble with his mouth. Um, there was another point I was going to make about Peter, and that is he, he stood out as a leader among the apostles. Some historians have gone as far as to say he was the prince of the apostles. Why? Because as soon as they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, he completely, remember, he completely failed Jesus, like many of us have. We've all been there. He had denied Jesus three times, but when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he stood up as a leader and he preached a sermon. How many people were saved at Peter's first sermon? 3,000 people. Can you imagine? Show up, get filled with the Spirit. Your first, can you imagine the first time you teach, 3,000 people get saved? The same guy who failed miserably. But he was an amazing tool in the hand of God. He... I'm going to tell you this about Peter. He saw Jesus at one point after Jesus died and rose again, and Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. This we do know that Peter loved Jesus, man. And we do know he had a special relationship with Jesus. According to Scripture, he was one of the three closest of the disciples. He was one of the three closest. There was Peter, James, and John. And we know that Peter was a leader. We know that he was impetuous. We know that he was outspoken. We know that he was stubborn. We also know, before I get back into the text, just this is his personality. Strengths and weaknesses, personality flaws and everything. We also know that he was... He was he was kind of a busybody. How do you say that in Spanish? Metiche? He was, because Jesus is talking to him, and then Peter goes, yeah, Lord, but what about, what about this man? What are you going to do with him? He's talking about the apostle John. And Jesus said, you don't worry about him. 
He said, what if I let him live until I return? But he he basically told him, don't worry about him. I'm dealing with you man to man right now. So we know that Peter was also nosy. Interesting guy. But man, history tells us that he was powerful. One of the early leaders of the church. Arguably, arguably the first major leader of the New Testament church. Powerful. Just a powerful guy. But he had issues like we all do, right? And Scripture reveals that this guy, he needed help just like we need help. And we, we have an interesting personality profile of him in Scripture. So let's read this verse again. This same guy that went through it, this same guy who told Jesus, I will never deny you. Can you imagine God in the flesh telling you something and you going, that ain't going to happen? That's who Peter was. But I admire him. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, 1 Peter 3.8, English Standard Version, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Number one, unity of mind. I know folks are probably saying, you're listening to me tonight going, okay, unity of mind, what on earth? Are we going to believe the same exact way every time? No, I don't believe that's what this is saying here. I believe what this is saying is that you're going to be on the same page with people. Many times, being on the same page is not agreeing. What? You can, let me give you an example. You can go to the gym and work out with a bunch of different guys, and there'll be a lot of agreement on, hey, man, you want to get big, you need to do this. You want to get cut, you need to do this. But it's amazing. Even guys who have been successful in the gym, many times they will tell you several different things of what worked for them. But you can still be on the same page. We call it agreeing to disagree. All right? There's times you're going to go, you know, I read this verse right here. I know we both love Jesus, but I don't see it exactly the way you see it there. That's fine. As long as we have the basics the same. What are the basics in Christianity? Well, here's some of them. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus, number one. Number two, we know according to Scripture, according to Scripture, no matter what anyone says, see, we have, it's, we have it written here in various translations, and it always says this, no matter what translation you have. Scripture says, you, once you've accepted Jesus, you are right with God by faith. Number one. Number two, he commands that because you are right with God by faith, you've got to live like you are right with God, and that's holiness. Okay? That, it's irrefutable. We, we can agree on all that. I've seen other people try to disagree with these things, and you just can't scripturally. Others say, well, no, the grace of God just allows us to practice sin. No. A uh, book of Romans clearly says, so where God's grace is, we're just going to keep on sinning? No, not on purpose. We're going to mess up sometimes. We're going to do our best to live right. Okay? So unity of mind is sometimes we're going to agree to disagree, but I need to tell you something right now. Sometimes we've got to slow down, and I've had other folks say this lately, and I've really agreed. There are lots of different folks going through all kinds of stuff right now in this nation, and it's affected us differently. You've seen it in the news, maybe, social media. You've heard from other people. Maybe you've known people. There have been people of color over the years who have been mistreated. Yes, I agree with that. Have, have there been cops that weren't as good as other cops, and they... Man, they just weren't a good example. They were too aggressive. Some have called it police brutality. Call it what you want. Has that happened? Oh, yes, it has. There's some tough, tough things going on right now. I received 
news of this last night from a dear friend. Said, man, did you hear about the female police officer in L.A.? I said, no. Said she was a 22-year-old rookie, and she was at the scene of an accident there with the fire department, and somebody drove up and just on a bike and just shot her. Why? Senseless. And shot at the firemen, which they weren't all there, I guess, but crazy stuff. So imagine her family now. Imagine all the families that are suffering in the United States right now. Say, I don't, I don't quite understand. You know what? Part of coming to the place of unity of mind is trying to understand. You may not always get it. I don't always get it. When I try to understand folks for different reasons, I don't always get it, but I want to get it. I want to see where they're coming from. And I believe unity of mind is powerful because you say, I don't see it exactly that way, but you've been through this and you've seen this. You know, this is for any situation, not just the current state of affairs. You say, man, I want to understand unity of mind. And that gets into sympathy. Look at that second, that second phrase there in that verse. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy. You cannot have sympathy for someone unless you're trying to understand. I recently, um, probably two and a half months ago, I don't know what I did. I, I just, I've always had kind of tight muscles, like I'm not very limber. I'm not very flexible. So I don't know what happened, but I would wake up in the morning and my left heel would hurt and I would have to limp when I'd get out of bed. It happened again this morning and it's been going on two and a half months and it's terrible pain. So I looked it up. I knew what it was. I remembered because I've looked before. I've had heel, heel issues before. And so I think it's connected to your, you know, your hamstring and different things, your lower back. But I brought it up to someone. I said, man, I've ha had this, and I think they call it plant plantar fasciitis. I said, man, heel pain. I brought it up to someone, and it shocked me. They go, man, I've had that. I went, really? He said, oh, yeah, here's what I did to get better. And he had brought it up to me because he said, noticed you were limping. I think it was out at one of the outdoor services or something. He said, I noticed you were limping. Everything okay? I said, yeah, I'm all right, but my heel has been hurting. And this person told me, I've had that before. And basically, I understand, and I don't know why that makes you feel like it, even though it's still hurting, it makes you feel better when someone says, I get it, right? When someone goes, I, I get that. When someone tells you, man, I've been, I've been discriminated against because of my color. Some people may go, I, I never have. Well, can I tell you right now, I'm one of the whitest dudes you've seen. When, I'm, when I, I have not been out in the sun, I'm lily white. But growing up on the south side in Hobbs, I remember being discriminated against because my skin was too white. Man, well, that's dumb. No. Lots of jokes about the white boy. I'm of mixed heritage, right? And that's fine. Now I'm like, wow, praise God I have a testimony. But even that isn't the same as being profiled over and over again because of your color. But it, it has happened. You say, man, is there racism? Sure. But there's nothing like trying to understand even if you've never been through it but then there's nothing like you giving the example of like i gave you the heel example I said man this is hurting and my friend said yeah I, I know exactly what that is i said what how oh i i went through that here's what i did of course in my wisdom you know i should i have a lot of wisdom now i'm so wise as soon as i found out what it was it started feeling better i started playing basketball really hard two weeks in a row so this isn't a praise report, so not this Monday, but last 
I pulled my hamstring. Man, I thought I tore that thing. Something popped. I went, oh, oh, Jesus. I thought, I thought it was over. So I, you know, kind of rehabbed that thing. And I'm, in my wisdom, man, in my 40s, I'm wise now. I, did, I, I played basketball again Monday, and now the hamstring's a little better, but now the heel's hurting worse again. So now it's time to just take a break and stretch and, and do something, right? Eat a burrito. I don't know. Put my leg up. Anything. Take a break. But here's my point. Unity of mind, where you get on the same page, and then you start trying to understand each other, and that's sympathy. You say, man, oh, I'm sorry about that. I've learned a lot about sympathy with being married. My wife's great at that, going, man, I'm sorry. Genuinely sorry. Not just I'm sorry, but I'm sorry you're going through that. There's nothing like hearing someone say, you know what? I'm sorry you've had to face that. I don't completely understand. I want to, but I'm sorry. That's sympathy, all right? That's very, very godly. Now you move into brotherly love. Brotherly love is this. No matter what, you look at each other and say, no matter what, no matter how irritating we all get, we're still family. Y'all got family, like biological family that irritates you? Somebody say amen. Mm -hmm. You do. You are lying if you say you don't. Oh, no, me and my family. No, everybody has an uncle or a cousin that you're like, man, I don't even want to mess with them. I know how people... (laughs) You, I know how it is. It was a, a real clean comedian back in the day. He said, man, everybody's got a crazy uncle. I don't know if that's true. But maybe it is. Maybe you're the crazy uncle. I don't know. Or the crazy aunt. I don't know. But everybody's got someone in the family that said, man, I don't know. I love them. But brotherly love is a decision in the body of Christ, not just in the body of Christ, But even for those that don't know the Lord to say, man, I'm going to treat them like a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad. That's a revelation. My mom's in heaven, and I always always treated older women with respect. But, man, now more than ever, I say, man, she's somebody's mom. She's somebody's mom. She needs to be honored. That's someone's little sister. That's someone's brother. Let me treat them like that. Say, man, is that just for the body of Christ? No, brotherly love is for everybody. Treat everybody like you love them and like they're part of your family. Doesn't mean you have to hang out with them all the time. But you can love them. Sometimes you have to love people from a distance, I know. Brotherly love. So you got unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love. Man, treat people with love and forgiveness. Look at this next one, a tender heart. Here's another thing about the news. I remember in the 80s, men and women of God warning us, admonishing us, saying, don't let the bad news of television desensitize you to tragedy. Because now, think about it. I'm not, I'm not making anybody feel guilty. I think we've all been there. We've heard so much bad news over the years since we were kids on television or whatever, that what do we do? We, we go, oh, oh, man, 30,000 people died in an earthquake. Okay, you change the channel. You don't even think about it. But you really should. Does anybody remember how many people died in, uh, was it December of 2004? Do you remember the earthquakes that caused the tsunamis in, in Indonesia? You guys remember that? Hundreds of thousands of people died. And I know life goes on, but that's a lot of people. So don't let the bad news, the weird news in life, don't let things desensitize you to where you're just like, oh, okay, Mm, they died, whatever. No. Say a prayer, man. Pray for the families of the people who lost someone. It's an active thing. 
news is good and bad, I'm, t I'm telling you. And now you watch TV and most of the news is just bad, isn't it? So make sure you always go back to the Word. Make sure you always come back to your family. Brotherly love, a tender heart. Don't let your heart ever get hard. Don't let your heart ever get hard towards somebody and you're just, you just got a stone heart. Don't let that happen. Say, man, I don't know how to keep my heart soft. Spend time with God. Spend time with other believers. It's not difficult. And when you're going through something, we talked about this on Sunday, Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 through 5. You remember that? There are something, some things called burdens that people are carrying, and it's like a boulder. It's an excess burden. It's too much for them to carry by themselves. Help them. That's being responsible to others, right? But then it talks about everyone carry their own load. So that's something you can carry yourself. So you need to be responsible for yourself. But at the same time, don't forget other people. Each will have to bear his own load, Galatians 6, 5 says. You've got to carry your own stuff. But at the same time, can you go to 6, 2 real quick? What does that say? Look at Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens. Say, how does that make sense? Well, you look at the Greek, and the burden there is an excess burden. It's too big. It's huge. And so fulfill the law of Christ. But verse 5, you got to carry your own load. So help people with excess burdens, but carry your share of the load. And in doing so, let's get back, if you would, to 1 Peter. And let's check this out. 1 Peter, that, that same verse, chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart. Always keep your heart soft toward the things of God and toward people's situations. And a humble mind. Wow, this really covers everything. Not only in the current state of affairs in America, but life in general. A humble mind says, man, I don't understand it, but I want to learn. A humble mind says, I'm not going to argue with, with you about something I don't understand. Sometimes, hey, let's be real. There's, there's folks in here. I've been this way. I don't know about you. But I've been this way before where I had only part of part of the story and I'm ready to argue and debate and that's not wise that's not good either I'm naturally a debater I say no that's not it and here's three reasons why somebody wiser than me years ago and this is to my own conviction embarrassment maybe shame but I'm not ashamed it just it's just a fact though that there's been times I've I've spoken where I was just half baked and I didn't know the whole thing someone wiser than me years ago said man if if Wisdom won't, won't make you bold. Man, foolishness and stupidity really will. Did you, everybody hear that? If wisdom won't make you bold, man, being, being ignorant, it really will make you bold. Have you seen some ignorance? Like, they say, is ignorant a, a bad word? No, it means they don't know. They don't know, but they're talking about it. <laughs> I, uh, this is in my own flesh. I know we're going through it in, in America right now, but the Canadian prime minister got on TV and he was kind of lecturing us. And I felt like saying, brother, don't you be talking about my family? We got our problems, but we're family over here. We're going to figure it out with God's help. Don't, don't be ignorant, you know? And I know that was just a carnal response, but it's true. I've had people talk about the things of God or somebody who attends church Say, oh, well, yeah, you know, you know there's, there's hypocrisy up in there. I'm like, man, don't talk like you know. 
Because you don't. You know what I mean? You ever had to tell somebody that? Hey, tone it down. Let's be humble about it. But don't, if you don't know about it, don't, don't try to discuss it. Another gym reference. Years ago, I worked out with Barry, and I'll never forget, we were, <clears throat> long time ago, we were selling health products. This has been about 13, 14 years, going on 14 years ago. We're selling health products. Multi-level marketing, which I don't, I don't recommend for anyone. But anyway, I'm a salesman, but man, multi-level marketing just doesn't work out for me. But we're selling some health products. <clears throat> we're in the gym one day with a friend who was also selling the same health care products. <clears throat> and he was talking to somebody, and it was amazing. He was making up stuff as he went about the health care products, about what it did. And we were like this. I remember we were just quiet, and then I looked at Barry, and he looked at me. And I, all I can remember is Barry going like this. Didn't even say anything. He just went. And I, I knew, I, and I knew, and I was like, like this guy about he get, he told about five to seven lies in a row. He was ignorant, but he was talking about it like he knew, right? So you got to remember this: if you're humble, you have a humble mind. You can admit that you just don't know. Sometimes my wife has to. Ask, she'll ask me a hard question, and I feel compelled to come up with everything I know about it. Not that I'm trying to lie, but I'll just give part of the facts. And she goes, "Do you know?" And I'm like, "I told you everything I just know right now. That was it. That was it." And Jen goes, There's, "I'm a little older than Jen. I'm about six years older." And she goes, "Sometimes Jen goes, baby, I just expect you to know. I'm sorry. I just expect you to know all this." And I'm like, "I know, but you're gonna." You're going to have to look it up. I don't know. I'm get, and I, then if I really don't know, I give you two or three facts on it, and then I repeat them. And she's like, you don't, you don't really know. I'm like, no, you're going to have to look it up. She's all, but what about? And I'm like, I, what you got was my limit, man. Like that, that was the extent of my knowledge. So if you have a humble mind, you can actually enter into dialogue with people. Humble mind says, I'll sit down with you and talk, and I'll learn from you. When you're humble and you've been walking in with a tender heart and brotherly love and sympathy and you have unity of mind, you're on the same page, or you want to be on the same page. When you have a humble mind, you say, you know what? Um, I don't get all this. What? Talk to me. Help me out here. You ever met somebody who knew everything, but they actually knew nothing? I have. They'll argue with you about everything, but they don't know much about that stuff. There was a guy one time, and I'll, I'll get on to the next verse, and I'll, I'll finish up, or the next verses. There was a guy one time, and he came with my dad to my grandpa's house. And I remember his name. His first name, of all things, was Fred. And I remember his last name, but I'm not going to say it in case his family somehow heard this. But he may have gone to be with the Lord now. I don't know. But he showed up at my grandpa's house with my dad. I was there. And man, he was telling my grandpa everything he knew about being a mechanic, and he knew some words, and grandpa had a big blue LTD. I think it was a 1977. It was a sweet ride, man. It was big, big old boat. And this guy was talking, and he was saying everything he knew, and he did some work for grandpa, and it was just kind of a disaster. And he talked so much, and he talked the whole time about what he knew, and he left, and grandpa said, man, he talked... He talked way more than he did here. He left a mess. And I'll never forget that. The guy wasn't humble about it, what he knew, so he just left a disaster. And he could have just said, I'll help you with this, but I don't know the rest. But it was a disaster. And I don't know why that's burned into my memory about those that, they tell you so much, but they don't know. 
So make sure you have a humble mind in listening to people, in admitting where you're wrong, in admitting you don't know, in admitting I need help, or admitting, hey, you know what, I need prayer, or admitting your fault. A humble mind leads you to confess your sin and to confess your faults and weaknesses. And I mentioned that Sunday. If you confess your sin, what happens? You're forgiven. And if you confess your faults, then you're healed, right? So you want to keep a humble mind about things. And let me go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go to verse 9. I want to just finish up with this. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling. Remember, angry criticism for angry criticism. But on the contrary, instead, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Speak words of blessing and affirmation to people. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. We'll see if we get back into this scripture here in a couple weeks. Father, we thank you, Lord. The reason I said a couple weeks is because next Wednesday night, first time ever on a Wednesday, Adrian Turubiates is going to be bringing the word, and you're going to want to be here. She's a great teacher. You don't want to miss that. Sister Adrian, she's our children's pastor. She's going to be speaking the word, teaching next Wednesday night at 6 p.m., right after worship, all right? So you want to be here. Lord, I lift up everyone who is in this house and listening to the Word tonight through whatever medium it is. We call upon the name of the Lord right now. And God, because you've given us humility and we want to walk in humility, Lord, we call upon you saying we need you more now than ever, God. If there's anyone at the sound of my voice that says, man, I need help, I need to be right with God, would you raise your hand in this house, please? I will pray with you right now. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. I believe you've accepted Jesus before, but all you got to do is confess your sins, say you're sorry. Even those listening online, go ahead and repeat this after me. Everybody in the house say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Lord, you know my weaknesses. Please help me. I want to do better. But I can only do it with your help. I thank you that I'm forgiven according to your word. And I'm right with you once again. In Jesus' name. I'm going to repeat this prayer as well with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Repeat it with me. This is for anyone who has never accepted Jesus, perhaps online or listening to the audio later. Everyone say, Heavenly Father, forgive me, Lord. I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me and for my sin. Save me from from myself and save me from hell. Thank you for giving me, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. I am healed, saved, forgiven, and right with you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look at me tonight, and I just want to speak something over everyone. It's so important. And it's true, though. You keep walking with God like you are, and you are going to accomplish all of your life's dreams. Mark my words. Keep putting God first. That mortgage is going to get paid off. The kid that you've been praying for to get right with God, they're coming in. The, the grandbabies, they're, they're going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. God is going to work it out for you. Scripture says, 
Tell the righteous that all will be well for them. All will be well for them. That God, God is going to reward you. You say, man, sometimes I know it gets tough, and you say, man, will Lord win? Sometimes we want it today. I know. I'm there with you. There's things we're praying and believing God for, and it's not here yet. You keep believing. It's on its way. It's going to be all right for you, okay? Everything's going to be okay. But here's the key. You hear Pastor Fabian talk about it. Next time you hear him talk, he's probably going to tell you again. The key is God first. Not religious, not just I'm going to just do stuff just to do stuff. No, the key is God first because you have a relationship with him. You say, I want to put God first. I want to be connected. I want to serve. I want to pray and read the word. I just want to serve God. I want to do what's right. I want to treat other people right. You keep putting God first. I promise. I promise. Mark my words. My words are lining up with the word of God right now. You keep doing what's right. And in due season, what does scripture say? Don't. Don't be weary of doing, of, of, of doing well or doing good because in due season you will reap. You'll reap a harvest of blessing, a harvest of good if you don't faint or give up. So keep doing good. Don't stop. You know, many people have come before us and said, I didn't see anything, and they quit doing good. Don't do that. Scripture says keep doing good. In due season you will reap a harvest. All right? So praise God. Does anyone need an envelope tonight? For tither offering, go ahead and raise your hand. We will see to it. Tither offering, you need an envelope. If not, you're welcome to give. There's the three ways to give. Bring tithe and offering to church or to the church office, number one. Number two, you can give on kingsgatehobs.com. Click on the main menu, then click on give. Number three, you can text to give. All right? Anybody need a, an envelope for tither offering tonight? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time of giving. Your word is valuable. You are valuable. Your kingdom is valuable. You said to give so that we would be blessed. And we need the blessing. We call, call it forth, God. We give you glory. We worship you, God Almighty. There is no one like you. We thank you for tonight. We call forth the blessing in Jesus' name.